The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makere Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. My message today is called Water Under the Bridge or Spilled Milk in Your Life. We have these expressions in America that we talk about spilled milk in your life. When something happens, a tragedy happens in your life, and that glass of milk drops to the floor and and is broken and is spilled on the floor, we all know that you don't get down and try to put the milk back into the bottle because that milk is now contaminated. And there are tragedies that happen in our lives. And whether or not you embrace your destiny will be determined by how you look at the water that flowed under the bridge of your life or the spilled milk moments that happen in your life. And today I'm going to give you some keys of how to overcome tragedies and things that happen in your life because the enemy wants to use these moments in our life to destroy us, to discourage us, and to stop us from embracing our destiny. Amen? Go to the Word of God, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul was a man who had had a lot of spilled milk in his life. He had gone through tragedies. He had actually been a part of the stoning of Stephen. He held the coats for the people who killed Stephen. He was, uh, for all practical purposes, really a murderer. He's not the kind of guy that if you got his resume that you would want to hire him as a pastor. He had a past. How many of you in the room have a past? How many of you have had tragedies happen in your life? We have all gone through things in our life. It's not so much what you go through, and I want you to hear this. It's not so much what you go through in life as it is how you view what you went through in life. You see, it can be a stumbling stone to you or it can be a stepping stone. It could take you to a higher dimension and a higher level, or it could be the thing that besets you and keeps you from moving forward, that keeps you from advancing and doing the thing that God has called for you to do. The devil wants it to be your stumbling stone. It wants it to be the thing that stops you from the destiny that God has put down in your book of destiny that he's written about your life. And by the way, King David saw that book of destiny in Psalms 139, and David said, all the days of my life are written in that book. Even before I was born, can I tell you that there is a book in heaven that has your name on it? God knew you before your parents knew you. God was a part of your life from the very beginning and has a destiny for every one of you. And you need to embrace that destiny. Our goal in life is to find that destiny. To find the thing that God has for you is the most important thing that you can do. But I mean, we know the devil wants to bring moments in our life that stop us from the destiny that God has for us. He wants to bring broken relationships. He wants to bring tragedies into your life that is destructive to you to stop you because his fear is that you will find the destiny that God has for you and you'll begin following and walking in the way of that destiny and you'll change the world around you. Amen. The devil wants to stop you. That's no surprise. And the closer that you come to God, the more the devil wants to stop you. 
The more that you're on track with your destiny, the more that he will create circumstances and things in your life. The Apostle Paul was one of those people in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. You can focus on your past and you can stay a prisoner to your past. Or you can begin to focus on the future that you have and the destiny that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ and you can move forward in life and you'll continue to excel and you'll continue to do great things with God. I've had many tragedies in my life. I've gone through many difficult things in my life, broken relationships, things that hurt deeply, painful things. But let me tell you that the destiny that you have in God, your future goes beyond the momentary tragedy of your life. What God has spoken over your life goes beyond what you're going through right now. You see, these things are momentary and temporary. That's how it is for a believer but there are many people in the world today that have one tragedy happen in their life and they cannot get beyond it. They focus on the spilled milk that happened in their life and they're thinking about how can I get the spilled milk put back in the bottle? How can I try to redeem what is already on the floor? How can I try to fix that? Can I just be honest with you? There are some things you can't fix. Stop trying to fix what you cannot fix. You set your eyes on God and say, God, this momentary tragedy in my life does not affect my future, but I'm going to rise up and I'm going to go on with you. My failures of my past are not going to dictate my future in God. Amen? Paul had failures. He said, I have, I, I, brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me, and reaching forward to those things that are before me. The Apostle Paul went beyond the spilled milk moments of his life. And he moved forward to begin to write most of the New Testament. Thank God that he got up from the grave. Thank God he got up from the bad situation that happened in his life. Thank God that he didn't just keep looking and staring at what went wrong, but he began to focus on what's going right in his life. The way that you respond to water under the bridge or the spilled milk moments will determine if you can keep your job and your ministry. Some people have lost their job because they became bitter. Someone treated them poorly. There was a relationship problem. The moments in life where you have tragedy that happened maybe on your job or somebody made fun of you and you can get bitter about it or you can say, God, I'm just putting that person in your hands. I'm going to go on from this moment. I'm not going to let those people bring me down. I'm not going to let that be a distraction in my life. The devil wants to distract you from your primary purpose and your mission. Amen wants to get you off center, wants you to focus on the thing that went wrong. But I can tell you today that I stand here having learned more about the things I did wrong than the things I did right. I've learned a lot more about what I did wrong, and it's propelled me forward into my future. 
You need to let the things that happened in your life become a powerful testimony and a memorial of how God has helped you to overcome rather than wallow in the pity of the past. You see, the devil has always got us where we are trying to focus on the tragedies, to focus on what went wrong. But God is wanting us to put our face like the Apostle Paul as a flint toward the things of God and to say, God, I, I'm not going to look back at my past. I'm going to look at my future. I want to say to you today, some of you have been struggling with events that happened in your past, and you've been struggling in such a way that it's had you as a prisoner to your past, and God is wanting to break you free today of your past and put you on a course for the future that He has spoken over your life. And that is the power of a Christian, the power of one who overcomes. Most of the Bible is to the overcomer. Most of the Bible is written about the overcomer. You see, it's not always how you start out that counts as much as how you finish. I'm going to finish in the fullness of what God's called me to do. I remember I had different moments and different times in my life where, you know, you get up to minister and something went wrong. Something happened wrong. But it's the moments in life like that that determine whether you will embrace your future, how you handle those moments. I've shared the story about, I think it was in 2019, that we, we were in the middle of a revival meeting. We really felt like revival was going to break out everywhere in our city. And, and it was just a powerful moment in, in our life and everything. And uh, we were so excited. We'd been in a week-long revival. We entered into that second week and we were during the praise and worship and we were just worshiping God when the unthinkable happened. Our singles pastor just fell over dead at the back of the church. People began to cry. People began to weep. By the time I got back there off the platform, he was already blue. He was already dead. There were no vital signs, no pulse, no nothing. And our beloved Melvin was dead. People began to cry. People said he's gone. But there were other people that said, we're going to pray. We began to pray. We began to intercede. Even the person that was hosting the revival, and we had a woman evangelist, and she literally went and sat down and just put her hands in her, you know, put her face in her hands and said, oh God, this, this is going to end the revival. She later admitted that to me. But I find that those moments that seem like a tragedy can be the greatest triumphs in our life. We have to not focus on what went wrong, but focus about the possibility of a future beyond that moment. There he was dead. The paramedics came. They worked on him. They tried to do everything to revive him. And after 20 or 30 minutes, finally the medical people had tried to injection, CPR, you name it, that it had been done. And they just turned around and looked at me and they said, Pastor, he's gone. And I just was in kind of disbelief, but I felt this bubble of the presence and the anointing of God just surround me. And I, I just stepped back away from the focus of the crisis and I just centered myself in God and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I clearly heard God say, I want you to breathe into his mouth and command life. So I asked them to step aside. I stepped up and I leaned over and I opened Melvin's mouth and I put my mouth on his mouth and I breathed into him. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command life to come into Melvin. 
Melvin, get back in your body right now in Jesus' name. And as I was raising up, Melvin came back to life. That moment in time took us to another level to begin to believe for the impossible in the, in the midst of impossible circumstance. Today, maybe you are in the middle of an impossible circumstance. And you think, how can I get beyond this? Can I tell you this is where you can find hope? The destiny that God wrote for your life is far beyond the tragedy or the difficulty of the moment you're in right now. What God has said about you is greater than that thing. And if you will focus on that, God will elevate you and take you beyond. But I find that Christians all over the world today, many of them are giving up. Many of them have become discouraged. Many of them have just thrown their hands up and have given in to how their flesh feels. You see, we don't live our life by how we feel. We don't live our life by the senses around us, but we live our life by the faith in God. It's not what we can see, but it's by the faith that we believe. And that's how we proceed with life. That's how we rise above momentary afflictions and difficulties. Paul had to stop thinking about his past in order to embrace what God had ahead for him. Can I tell you, the devil wants to remind you of all the stupid things you did in life. And sometimes the devil wants to remind me of that. Or he wants to tell me about different things, you know. I remember one time that I was so fired up, Pastor. I was just, you know, had a good message. And I, I got up and I was a young man. And I was wanting to preach this message. And man, I was so focused. And I got up and soon after I got up. People started motioning to me, and I didn't know what they were motioning about. And I realized that my pants were unzipped. I was so embarrassed. I, I mean, I just wanted to get that. If I could have hidden, I, I wanted to hide. And I was like, but God, you called me to preach the gospel, and this thing has happened. And the God said to me, are you going to focus on that? Or are you going to focus on what I said for you to say to the people? There are embarrassing moments. I could go on and on. I've had a lot of embarrassing moments in life, but I cannot let those embarrassing moments define who I am. Can I tell you that your worst moment does not define who you are? Because what God says about you is beyond the embarrassing things in this life. It's beyond the bad things that happen in your life. I've counseled with people that have had children die. Have had tragedies. We were in Rwanda where the genocide happened and they took me to the bridge where they killed almost a, a million people and threw them over the bridge into a river and the bodies that were there and the tragedies and the hurts and all the things that went on in that genocide. And I've had to counsel with and pray with people that have gone through tragic things. But I said, listen, this moment does not define who you are. You are who God says you are not who the world says you are. You must identify with what God has said about you. How you respond to spilled milk moments determines whether you can keep your job or your ministry. It will determine whether you will reach your full potential in life. It will even determine whether your life is shortened. Can I tell you that when you stop advancing the kingdom of God, that it'll cut your life short because you are here for a purpose and if you stop fulfilling that purpose, God might as well take you on to heaven. I've known ministers that just got discouraged and just quit 
and just said, I'm, I'm done with ministry. I, I'm quitting. I'm giving up and, and I'm done. Only to have their life end shortly after because God takes them on to heaven. Doesn't mean they go to hell, but their destiny that God really had for them is not really truly reached. I want everyone in this room to reach the destiny that God has for you. I want everyone in this room to fulfill. Your life should be a memorial book of the miraculous things of how God helped you to overcome tragedies and situations in your life. It should be a memorial. All of these things should be memorial stones. In the Old Testament, when they crossed the River Jordan, God told the head of each tribe, said, I want you to get a memorial stone out of the bottom of that river because I don't want you to forget how I brought you across this river and brought you into a new land. What did they have to do? They had to stop living like they were in the wilderness. They had to stop focusing on what didn't go right in the past back in the wilderness. They had to stop focusing on those things and they had to embrace the promised land that God had for them. God has a promised land for you. God has greater things for you in your life. There were times that I would be in a remote village preaching and be so excited about the things of God and just get up and preach my heart out. And then only to have some idol worshipers come to the back of the crowd and begin to heckle me, try to disrupt, try to distract. One of the things that I learned is if you give in to the distraction of the enemy, you cannot walk in the faith that God has for you because your focus is not on God. Your focus is on the distraction. And I had to learn to settle myself in the middle of the will and the purpose of God. If I hadn't have learned that the night that Melvin died in our church, I would have been caught up in the people in the church that were crying because they were already in remorse. They were already grieving. And there were strong Christians there and they were crying. Melvin is gone. This is terrible. This is a tragedy. But can I tell you that the tragedy that you go through might also be deemed by God is the greatest victory that you'll ever have. God takes tragedy and turns it into triumph. God takes that stumbling block and turns it into a stepping stone because it's God's will and purpose to take you to a higher level. King David was in the making of being a leader. People say, well, I wonder why when the prophet anointed him, he just didn't immediately become king because David had to be turned into a king. David had to go through the making of a leader. And David ran for his life. King Saul pursued him. If you were in David's shoes, you'd go, but God, you anointed me. Why are these bad things happening in my life? Why is Saul pursuing me and trying to kill me with his army? And God, if you were really with me. But see, David understood his destiny. David understood that he had been anointed to be king. He knew his time was coming. His day was coming. When Ziklag, the city of Ziklag was burned, David had finally kind of come into a relaxation and he'd come into his own and he was surrounded by a group of really misfit warriors who had all been rejected and they were following David and they were David's mighty men, but they were going through all these things, you know, and, and it kind of settled into a life really over in the enemy's camp in a territory that was not where he was destined to be king. But he was there in the city of Ziklag, and they had gone out to battle an enemy. And while they were gone, the enemy came and stole all the, the wives and the children and all the animals. And everything of value was stolen from David. And David's own men said, 
We need to kill him. We need to stone him. They were talking about stoning their leader. You see, sometimes when people turn against you and they persecute you, and the time that it looks the darkest in your life, that's when God is getting ready to promote you. That's when God is getting ready to lift you up. If you're going through something today, get ready. The promotion is coming. Get ready. Your moment of victory is getting ready to arise. But your attitude about what you're going through is very important. You have to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And don't surrender to the moment of what's going on. Those are the distraction of the enemy. Ziklag was burned and David had to withdraw himself from his own people. His own people that had been fighting with him because they were talking about stoning him. We need a new leader. And David withdrew himself. And the Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. That word encourage in the Hebrew language is kazah, which means to repair. David repaired himself in the Lord. Come on, you can repair yourself in the Lord. When people are saying bad things about you, you can go to God and say, God, what are you saying about me? And it will begin to repair your soul. When, when you've had broken relationships and people have said all kinds of terrible things about you and that person that you love maybe have turned against you and even betrayed you, you have to go to God and say, God, what are you saying about me? What does my destiny say, God? And you can repair yourself in the Lord. I want to tell you today that I believe God's going to repair some hearts today. I believe that God's going to repair some souls. And if you've gone through some brokenness, some difficulties in your life, God is going to repair you and cause you to rise up above your circumstance, the trial that you're going through because God's destiny for you is greater than that tragedy. That's God's plan for every believer. And so David went to the Lord and he said, God, what about this? I'm sure David probably said, God, I didn't anoint myself to be king. You're the one that sent the prophet Samuel to anoint me. I didn't anoint myself. I didn't call myself. God, what about this? And God said to David, David, you're going to pursue the enemy. You're going to pursue the enemy. And you're going to retake everything that was lost. Can I tell you that what seemed to be a tragedy for David and his men was actually the plan of God to bring the wealth that David need so he could move into being a king. Because not only did David go and get back all that the enemy stole from him, but that same army had been conquering civilizations and other armies and taking of the spoils all before they even got to Ziklag. And so that army had all kinds of spoils, all kinds of good things stored up, a lot of wealth for battles that they had to fight. And David didn't have to fight any of those battles. It was God's plan to bring wealth into David's hands before he entered into the kingship. So the tragedies of your life God can turn them around for good. That which the devil meant for evil to destroy you is the very thing that God will turn around and give you a great victory and cause you to become rich and cause you to become wealthy and your soul to be healed. But there were some of David's men that were so brokenhearted they could just simply focus on the tragedy. But thank God there were some men with David that said, David, we're brokenhearted, but we're not going to focus on what we lost, but we're going to go fight with you. 
and they went and they recovered all. But David, like a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ, this was the first time this had happened in history. David said, we're even going to give the spoils to those who were so brokenhearted they couldn't fight. That's the goodness of God. Sometimes when you're so brokenhearted that you don't even feel like you can fight, God still will bring good things into your life. God will still bring back something to you that the enemy stole from you. Can I tell you that God's plan is to make the devil pay for everything he's stolen from you? He's going to make you pay. He's going to make the devil pay for it. God has an incredible plan for your life. Sometime about two years ago, I think now, my wife and I, we had a rent house and we were renovating this rent house. It was going to be part of our retirement income. And so we were slowly buying materials and fixing up this property. And um, we thought we had the property fairly well secured and we had bought new windows and we put new windows in the garage and we were going to install them. And something happened and I had a lot of tools that were there. Somebody broke in and they stole all of the windows, thousands of dollars worth of windows. They stole all of the tools and and all the stuff. And I said, God, what is going on? I, you, I know you told us to buy this house. I know you, that you told us to buy this property. And, and God, I, I pay my tithe. I, I've been a giver, Lord. You said you'd rebuke the devourer. And so I just I was just kind of stunned that it had happened. And so I was at a conference and, and the Lord spoke to me, said, I want you to give $111 based on Chronicles uh, 111. And in that passage, it's like that God is going to restore and bring back in. So I put $111 and I actually wrote on the, the card. This is, I'm believing God to restore and to pay and to bring back and make the devil pay seven times over for what he stole from me. And so I was just like, okay. So I put it in the offering. You see, I didn't focus on it. I didn't get angry. I didn't get bitter. I just said, God, this momentary affliction is not going to stop me from my destiny. The enemy has tried to come and attack and steal from me, but I know that you're bigger than that, God, that you can turn this thing around. And I just went on and began to worship the God, and I sowed a seed. I gave a gift to the Lord, and I worshiped God. And so a few days later, we received a phone call in the middle of the night from the police department. Someone ran through the front of our house. The same property. A drunk driver was drinking and ran the car through the front of the house. And I thought, man, this is getting worse, Pastor. I sowed a seed. It seems like it's getting worse. But you see, I've learned some things through the years. If it had been before, I would have been crying. I would have been, oh, you know, this is terrible. How are we going to recover? Where are we going to get the money? Now we have a vehicle that drove through the front of the house. And the guy backed up and ran away. The police didn't even know who he was. There was part of the bumper of the vehicle laying in my front yard of that house. And I thought, there's no way to collect. The insurance on the house was not in effect. We thought it was, but there was no insurance. And so as this looked like we we're out. So I went over and I had to board up the hole. I had to repair the damage and it looked like we were out of a lot of money. But I just kept saying, God, I sowed that seed. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. A few days went by and I drove into my house, my driveway at my house. And there was a, a pickup truck that was in my driveway. And I pulled in, you know, and there was a man inside the truck. And I rolled down the window in my vehicle and he was there. And I said, sir, can I help you? Because he's on, he's on my property. Sir, can I help you? And he said, do you have a, a property? Do you own a house? And he gave the address. And I said, yes, I do. 
He said, did someone run through the front of your ass? I said, yes, they did. He said, I know who it was. He said, I chased the guy down because that guy hit the side of my truck. He was driving drunk and he collided with my vehicle and he dented the side of my truck and I chased the guy down. I said, wow, you know who it is? He said, yes. And he said, and I've been in touch. The guy had insurance and I've been in touch with his insurance, but they refuse to pay for the damage on my truck until they find out how much money they owe you. So we got an adjuster and they came out and adjusted and they, 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 they determined that the damage was $9,000. I lost about $1,500, but the damage they determined was $9,000. Well, I had already repaired the damage and did it myself for $200. So I'm like, wow. The next thing I know, I'm getting a check in the mail from that insurance company. And the money that I was lacking to have to renovate the rest of the house, God put it into my hands and made the devil pay for it seven times over what I lost. What the devil means to destroy you, what the devil means to cause you trouble in life, God will turn it around for your victory moment. From that time on, David wasn't talking about the tragedy of Ziklag. David was talking about the victory that God brought to him. The wealth that David began with when he moved into his kingship came from that event that was tragic. Amen? How you respond to spilled milk will determine whether you are a victim or a victor. Have you met people that they're still victims? They still talk about all the bad things that happened in their life. They're still a victim to their past. And, and every time you have a conversation with them, it says, you know what so-and-so did to me, and that's why I'm in the condition I'm in. And, you know, sometimes you'll meet people that said, you know, my parents were really bad parents, and they used to beat me, and I was, I was abused. And they talk about that. And all of those things are tragic events. They talk about a school teacher that made fun of them in front of the class. And, and now that they just felt like they were just in a, in a shell, they didn't even want to go out in public. They felt less than. They felt like they were stupid. I had a math teacher in school that was the meanest woman, I think, on the planet Earth. This woman was just mean. And she would say things to me like, you're stupid. And I, I was afraid if you asked a question in her class, she would make fun of you. And I was terrible. It was a terrible year in that math class. But the next year, I went to a different math class that was a more difficult math class. And in that class, I had a good teacher, and that teacher thought I was wonderful. And I went to the straight to the top of the class and making perfect grades and began to excel in math. But you see, it was that former teacher, if I dwelled on that tragedy, then I would be fearful in my future. But God helped me to overcome the tragedy and the ridicule that I'd faced in that class. Maybe you went through difficult things as a child, but let me tell you what. When you become a Christian, the Bible says that, behold, all things become new. It's time to move beyond the victimization of your past. It's time to let those things that you were victimized in become testimonies and a trophy for the victories that God has in your life. See, I talk about all of the people, the miracles that I've seen, and I've seen thousands of miracles happen. But there were people I prayed for that died. 
I can focus on that and say, I prayed and nothing happened and give up and stop praying. Some of you have prayed for someone and it didn't go the way that you thought and you became discouraged. I want to tell you that you need to rise up above that moment and you need to say, there's a, there's a miracle waiting in my future. There's a miracle in my future. And I've gone on to pray for people and I continue to see phenomenal miracles happen. People that are literally at death's door, how God has turned their life around and healed them and raised them up. But every now and then you pray for somebody and you don't know why, but they don't seem to get healed. But I don't focus on the failures. I focus on the victories. Paul the Apostle did not focus on his failures, but he focused on the victories. It's time to stop being a victim and to be a victor because God has called you to be a victor. How you respond to spilled milk in your life will determine if you leave a legacy for your children or you leave them in remorse and lamenting. You hear talk to some people and they are so discouraged and they said my family was in poverty my family was this my family was that listen when you come to jesus christ you get a new bloodline it don't matter how bad your family was you get a new bloodline with jesus christ it's time to rise up and be the child of god that god has called you to be it will determine how you respond to the water under the bridge or the spilled milk of your life it will determine your testimony or your legacy or it will determine how you will moan and bemoan your life. You see people that are in depression. You see people that are in despair. We have a lady that was once just a wonderful Christian, but an event happened in her life. She was being molested by her own father. And that event she was able to overcome, but because she didn't tell anybody what was going on. She later found out, in her adult life that her younger sister was being molested also and she could not forgive herself and it took her down we counseled with her we we shared with her you've got to forgive yourself you've got to let the past go you've got to you've got to forgive yourself and you've got to trust god and you've got to move on but she could not let it go and she said i shouldn't live because i did my younger sister such damage and such harm and I watched her life just go down and down and down. But I'm going to tell you that God has a future beyond your tragedy. God has life beyond your tragedy. I told you I wanted to share a testimony. And, and this happened right here in Uganda. Carolyn, that runs our orphanage. There was a child that had a, a mongoloid foot, a foot that was as big as a, a soccer ball. And this child had had a wound infection, and as a result, it, this child was about 8, 10 years old and couldn't, couldn't walk. And so when we came to know the children, we said that, you know, we want to see, uh, see if something can be done. And so we went, we had the x-ray done, and we discovered that inside that, that foot that was as big as a soccer ball, there was a normal bone structure, there was a normal foot inside there. And so we made arrangements, we were here in Uganda, and we met a guy that told us about a hospital here that used doctors from other countries and that they would perform the operation for free if we would pay the basic expenses of that hospital. And so we made arrangements for that child to be operated on, and I can testify today that child has a normal foot and can now put a shoe on and is now walking because of that operation. But Carolyn was here in Kampala area, 
and was at that hospital and she was staying there with the child. And while walking home, she was she left the hospital late at night and was walking back to her hotel room when three men came out of the bush and attacked her. They stripped her naked and they raped her. She was not married. She was a virgin. And it was so tragic. I was so angry because she's like a daughter to me. I wanted to come to Uganda and find those guys. But that young girl said to me on the phone, Daddy, we have to forgive them. We have to forgive those men that have done this to me. I could not believe what I was coming out of her mouth. Here is a young lady that had every right to be angry, to be bitter for what happened to her. But she said, it's okay. I'm alive and God has a future for me. I was inspired by her. She became pregnant from that rape. And you know what she said? And his name, the little boy's name, is called Jireh David, Jehovah Jireh. God will supply. God will provide. Jireh David is what she named him. You know what she's told us? Jireh David is going to become the great prophet of Uganda. What the devil meant for evil is going to be turned back on the head of the enemy. She is not looking at the spilled milk of her life or the tragedy, but she's going on and to say, I've got a great destiny. I've got all these beautiful children to take care of. And she said, now I'm a mother of this beautiful young man that God is going to use to change all of Uganda. What a testimony. Carolyn has refused to be a victim, but she's going to use it to be a victor. Whatever you've gone through in life, however bad it is, I'm going to tell you that God has a plan for your life beyond what you've gone through. Don't allow the devil to remind you of your past. You need to start reminding him of his future. Yeah, the devil's, the angel's going to come and put a chain around his neck and throw him into the lake of fire. That's the devil's future. But God has a future for you beyond where you are right now. God has a future to empower you to become a great and a mighty, powerful Christian. Seeing signs, wonders, and miracles following your life all the days of your life. That's what God has for you. I know our time is not with us. But I want to pray today for people that have gone through tragic things and those tragedies in life have had you affected and had you held down because God's going to break you free and bring you into his future. Amen. God's going to bring you into something greater than where you were. I want to pray because I'm finding people all over the world that the enemy has immobilized them, have put them into a trap, have created offenses. You see, offense traps you. Offense is one of the worst things that holds you back from your destiny. The people that have done things wrong to you, the people that have offended you, the tragedies of your life, the devil means to stop you from your destiny. But today God has a plan for you to rise above and to embrace your future. God has a wonderful future ahead for you. God has a future of greatness. The Apostle Paul went on to be one of the greatest men that ever walked on the face of the earth. And God has that same plan and destiny in your life. 
Don't allow the tragedy of your past to immobilize you and hold you as a captive. Jesus came to set the captives free. God wants to give you freedom from your past today. God wants to give you freedom from your mistakes. Many times we're surrounded by people who saw the mistakes that we made. And it's sometimes hard because we know that they know. But the only thing that you need to think about is what does God think about you? Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a future for you. God has a destiny for your life. God has good things in store for you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with His might and fortified by the Word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map.